And where are the best? Well, not in politics, that's for sure. Times have changed, Germanus. Once politics was the only way our young men could climb out of the slums. Let us fight for a world of reason. A world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. I mean, if I don't know what you're up to, and if I, if I don't holler and scream when I think you're doing it wrong, and if I just mind my own business and don't vote or care, then I just get what I deserve. In the name of democracy, let us all unite! I'm Dennis Lambert, and I'm running for president, and today i got a special guest with me, Chad Wilson from Tennessee. He's also running for the candidacy for the Green Party. Hello, Chad. Hello, hello, man. Good to be here. We're going to start with five questions. The first one is, who are you? Well, who who am I? Um, I grew up in Tennessee. Uh, my, my pops is an evangelist, Christian singer, preacher. My grandpa was a preacher, grandma uncle, pastor, I grew up in Pentecostal world, the Church of God of Prophecy. So, uh, five, lived in Indiana, was born in Kentucky. Well, lived in Indiana, then moved to Tennessee when I was about five. And pretty much grew up here, and then moved away to Florida, Miami for five, six years, Atlanta for a year or so. Came back and, you know, been, been traveling some, so I'm... Uh, I'm a little bit of uh, well, I'd say well, I used to say I guess I could still say it. Um, I'm half country boy, half city boy. Going from Tennessee to Miami, there was a big culture shock for me and a big transitioning phase, and it's taken me quite a bit of time to you know process everything. And you know once you you start seeing things from a different perspective and you see your own prejudices, your own ignorance, you, you know you you have to kind of uh, deconstruct things and. And you know it's a, it's a process. You know, as human beings, um, it's it's interesting to you know the the complexity of of who the people we are. You know, who yeah. we are as a person. Yeah, who we are is not just where we come from, but uh, what we take on as our own education and uh, the environment around us, as well as our influences. I feel exactly. <laughs> so uh, the second question is: Are you registered, or do you vote? I am registered, and I do vote. I voted for Jill Stein in 2016. Uh, I haven't uh, engaged much in the the local politics. Uh, I've, you know, I'm kind of a macro guy. So, you know, when I when I look at at, at the picture, I, I try to look at the big picture, and you know, and that's what I've been doing when, in the Green Party is coming in. I'm I'm trying to figure out why people aren't coming in in, in hordes because of it's the first time in history we can connect. And people are so engaged politically. What is it that's keeping people from being engaged, you know, in the party? So my my focus has has been on finding the way to you know marry culture with with engagement with with the political world. So th- this also kind of leads into the third question: What what are your politics? You know, a lot of people will claim a party as politics, but in my opinion, a party doesn't cover everything that uh, involves an individual's politics. For instance, uh, Democrats have a lot of pro-life elected candidates, as well as uh, you do have some Republicans who do look at uh, the environmental issues as, as important to their campaign. So what are your politics specifically? Well, you know, that, that's something that's interesting because things – Things begin to change, when, when, especially at what perspective you look at it. And I guess I'm anti-corruption. I'm anti-money in politics. I'm anti, you know, the, these 
certain families, these certain people controlling everything, I realize that a lot of times is what we argue about, what we have issue with are the result of all these bad policies. So we're, we're too busy focusing on that rather than acknowledging that it's the same things that are, are creating the, the results for, for the different identities, the different cultures. Um, you know, the wedge issues and stuff like that. You know, I, I can agree that the Clintons are bad. You know, I can, I can acknowledge what Obama did. I can acknowledge what all these different things, but I can still acknowledge, you know, what Bush and Cheney and all these people did. The two-party headspace, two-party system makes you have to choose, uh, pick a side. And when you have to pick a side, you have to excuse all the corruption, all the shit that, that your side's doing in order to you know, just fight the other guy. And that's what the Democratic Party did, obviously, in the two, 2016 election when, you know, when it came out in, in the WikiLeaks revelation. The, the Pied Piper strategy you know, was either going to be Ben Carson, Ted Cruz, or Donald Trump. You know, $4 billion worth of free airtime, you know, beat the fear drum about Trump, and then come around. It's always a lesser of two evils. So I'm against the two-party politics, I think. If you focus on the corruption, you focus on taking the money out of politics, get rid of the propaganda, then it's going to open up a space to have an, an honest conversation. There's more people in jail for cannabis than all violent crimes combined. Uh, blacks and minorities are four to five times as likely to be arrested even though whites and blacks uh, use it at the same rate. You know, with the longer sentencing and all the, all the different things, you know, what they do is they report that on the news… You know, as more black people are in jail, so therefore they try to lead to the point of that means black people must be more criminal, and it's it's so broad, and that's kind of the image that they they create. So that beats the fear drum and making you know the white community afraid of the certain. This is how they do it. It's it's all about propaganda, social engineering. So I I, I understand it. And the weird part is the cognitive dissonance is that people acknowledge it, but they don't acknowledge it when when it's on their side or when it's close to them. They don't understand that influence of you know not. Asking your, yourself, am I holding myself accountable? So it's like with Trump. If the left were say, let's let's acknowledge the war crimes, let's acknowledge the real, a, 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 the actual things, rather than the BS about Trump, then then it would take all the the wind out of you know Trump's sails. Which again, his, his biggest supporters are the Democrats, are the are the left media. That's what fuels his base. So uh, we'll just uh, we'll boil it down to basically your politics are are not black and white, left or right. It's more about what's important for the people. What I want to get to is understanding a criminal minds aspect where we we understand that what we're against is the output of the corruption of the policies of the propaganda of the social engineering it's like they did during Obama's term you know where they beat the fear drum about Muslims and they made the, the wedge issue and they really beefed up all the propaganda remember that that came out that the what was the CIA or FBI whatever they, they spent like 600 million on on al-qaeda propaganda creating and stuff like that you know, and, and that's one of the things that was revealed and even in WikiLeaks. Uh, Qatar and Saudi Arabia both gave a million dollars to the Clinton Foundation when they sold like $100 million worth of weapons. It even references in there that they know that they're actually selling the weapons diocese. You know, everybody's mad at each other for all this bullshit. It's really, really, it's the, you know, it's the Game of Thrones. These cats, uh, we, we have to kind of sep start to separate things. Who's enabling, who's involved. Yeah, I, I, I tend to think uh, of politics more or less, at least in the American realm, as uh, uh, fandom. You know, it's uh, we're rooting for the home team. Uh, when I ran in 2010, I, I, I used the uh, Eddie Izzard comparison. It's uh, either death or cake uh, when people go to the ballot. <laughs> when you have two choices, you either see death or cake, and the other is ob obviously the opposite. Oh, it, it, it's both death, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, exactly, and that's, that's the problem with the two-party system. 
uh, if we don't break that, then we're 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 screwed. So that, then that's that's what my focus is on with the Green Party is because it, it's the four pillars, right? You know, we were talking about not everybody agrees on all the different things because it's so intricate. Well, most well, first of all, most of it has to do with with education, understanding the pulse of these different cultures and how how things are you know created. Question number four is, uh, what's your religion? You said you your father was a, a minister. Yes, sir. Christian singer, preacher, evangelist, piano player, been doing it his whole life pretty much, and, and used to travel with them on sound form, form. I've been to church camps and revivals and uh, all, all over the, all over the country. So I was super raised, you know, religious. We couldn't. I didn't see the first movie I saw was I think it was Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade because we we couldn't watch movies at the movie theater because it was you know against God. Um, you know, jewelry. They weren't allowed to wear jewelry. Women and whatnot. You know, a lot a lot of stuff like that. So that's that's kind of how I was raised. What's your current passion or occupation? Oh, well, politics is, is my uh, current passion. Um, I do real estate title searching, which is basically doing a report on the property, like who owns it, what mortgages, you know, what, what affects it. So, you know, when people buy, sell, foreclose, whatever, whatever real estate transactions happen, and that, that, you know, they know what, what it, uh, you know, what, what the properties look like. It's a, uh, you know, it's like a, a property thumbprint, basically. And they just want to know that if they're lending their money, you know, that somebody's not going to come back and say, I own this. So that's kind of what a title search is for. That's what the, the title companies are. They write the insurance policy off of. Checking the uh, title. Yeah, just making sure the ownership is who it's, who it's under. Exactly, because people are, are lending money based upon on this information. So, you know, it's, it's, that's how they do in register and stuff. So, you know, that gives me – I feel like that gives me a – uh, an insight to a lot of things that are going on because I'm seeing a lot of uh, these farms being sold out in the country, out, out in the rural area. And I, I keep wondering, because I live out in the country. I don't, I don't actually live in Nashville. I live outside in, in a small town, 2,600 people. So, you know, I see all these old buildings, broken down buildings, just, I mean, just random stuff. There's like antique shops and stuff like that. But there's there's so many resources that I, I feel like if we organize right, you know, we could, we, you know, literally grow from, you know, grow the country from, the rural area. Absolutely. So uh, you're running for president, just like myself. Yes, sir. Uh, would you like to explain to the listeners what your platform is and why you're running? Well, I'm tired of uh, I'm tired of all the BS. I'm tired of having to hate each other. I'm tired of being outraged and I'm waking up to a lot of the lies, a lot of the 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 propaganda. In 2016, Bernie had a real opportunity to speak up against the, the establishment because proof was there what happened, how they rigged the DNC, and he used the excuse of he didn't want to be a Ralph Nader, which is which is kind of bullshit because I mean the proof was there. You know he went along with it, and you know for whatever he has his reasons and his political reasons, but. For me, that just made the decision of, you know, push comes to shove when you're in the face, the decision that, you know, he, he's not going to step up to the plate. Because, I mean, at, at that point, you're going to lose. you gotta, you got to recognize they're going to cheat you anyway. you got to recognize they're going to smear you anyway. That's exactly – they're going to pull every single thing and take everything out of context and every every mistake, every ignorant thing because we're in, in that cancel culture. And that's that's what I – you know, I feel like I can bring to the table because I'm, I'm, I'm an ignorant person. You know, I, I, yeah. we have to recognize that it, it, that we are – we're all born on a blank slate, but all these different things around us and how we interact with these different cultures or these, these different uh, environments shapes our, our worldview. And now that we have the internet, we're able to connect on these certain ways, and we're, we're, just, we're arguing because we're, our minds are, are battling, but this is the first time we've ever been, ever been able to do that. And, and that 
realm, I feel like it's positive, um, even though in, in people feel like it's negative because, you know, a lot of it's just bickering about stuff. But uh, it's, it's a process. You know, you got to get tired of arguing about the bullshit. You, you got to get to, you know, the root of, of people are gaslighting. Same people, you know. You got to pick a side. Two-party system. It goes back to that everywhere. Right. It leads back and to that. Unfortunately, with the two-party system, there's always going to be winners and losers, and it's usually the people who don't vote within that two-party system that end up being the losers. Well, they're all the losers, really. But it's just it's you know it's just the superficial thought that that they want. You know that and that that's the you know cold personality thing. That's the tribalism. That's that's the engaging in the two-party system. If you really want change, you have to have a third party move the Overton window. Actually, they know that they need each other in order to keep that two-party dynamic, the, the divide and conquer. If there was another strong voice in the middle that was actually being able to, you know, add, add the value needed and the conversation needed, you could see, you could see it in some of what Tulsi's doing. You know, there's obviously a lot of issues around her why, why to not support her, you know, and it's not about supporting, but the sentiment of anti-corruption is the same sentiment that, you know, Trumpsters, you know, are following Trump for. They think he's the vehicle for that. So it, it's about understanding that if we are able to show we are against corruption, it gives people a, a place to go rather than saying, I have to go to Trump or I have to go to the Democratic Party, you know, because a lot of people are just one or two issue because when you have to pick a, a left or right, you know, it, it, it's, it's never off the whole, the whole thing. And most people are, are uninformed and they don't, they don't know the, the big picture of how everything works together. You know, they, it's controlled opposition. And in, in fact, controlled opposition, we could see it in the Green Party in a smaller scale because if you notice, Dario was um, very dismissive of what was going on uh, when just a couple months ago he was very open and upset that he was excluded from being able to speak at that one meeting that how he ended up being paid for. Right. You know, it's, 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 that, it's that similar thing. You know, they want to censor. You don't, you don't speak out when you're, when you're in a position of something to lose. So, right, which, uh, which kind yeah. of why the, uh, the Democrats and Republicans don't really speak out about any wrongdoings because eventually when they become the power holders or the power brokers, then uh, that gives them license to act just as nefarious as the opposite party did. Right, and, and it's, it's always outrage. That's just the way it goes. I mean, when you focus on just gaslighting over nonsense, like the Russiagate, Russiagate, you don't give people time to focus on the real issues. You have to defend the real lies. You know what I mean? A, a broken clock's right two times a day. That key factor is so important to, to bake into the pie because we're not processing everything out. We, 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 the, with the what what about isms we forget added into the mix like because a lot of these things even though it doesn't apply you know directly in this issue they, it still applies to the big picture you know when we're talking about trump you know obama still applies to trump because he was in the presidency before because of his actions and these affect each other it's how how the decisions that they make you know what i mean so it, it, yeah we can't when we talk about things we have to be able to separate it like the colin kaepernick right at this point i think we're not breaking it down the right way you know, I think if, if the whole point about the protest was to get people's attention to talk about the issue, right? And you have to allow people to be shocked and uncomfortable. That's the whole point. We're not supposed to be, you know, shaming them in a way, feeling a certain way. That's what you want. You're supposed to understand, okay, that's um, how they're protesting. You know, that, that's what they're upset about. But we need to remember it's about what they're protesting about. So we can have the two different conversations. You can say it, it's, it's okay for you to feel that way based upon the propaganda. doesn't mean that you're, you're right in, in the grand scheme of, of the symbolism and how things are symbolic. Does that make sense? Like I'm not – and rather than focusing on that, you fo you're supposed to focus on, on why, which is you know, the problem with, with Jay-Z coming in and saying, oh, it wasn't about the job. It was about the injustice, and the injustice you know, keeps going forward when he doesn't get a job because he spoke out, which is, hey, if you guys are speaking out, exposing what's going on, we're going to blacklist you. That's the injustice.
you know, the reason why people are arguing about that is because one person's talking about how, you know, how they protested, how cat protested. The other person's talking about why. You're never going to have a, a real dialogue if there's nowhere to go. And that's why I think the Green Party should be that. But, we, you know, we can't be that if, if we're gatekeeping ourselves. Right. You know? Right. Bottom line for me is that, you know, for democracy to be effective is that we have to have participation on all levels of all people. And uh, being exclusionary does not improve our odds of survival. It's been evidence, uh, even in scientific experience, that the more uh, data that you have to input, the better chances of, of success are. And that's the way I see our nation is that because we have so many different viewpoints that we can put into the, the, the questions that we're asking, we can have a lot of different solutions. But unfortunately, it gets filtered down through the two-party system, so we only end up with two answers that suit uh, uh, political purposes of the parties and not necessarily those of the people. Right, right. And then, then you, they want you to hold your nose because it's like, oh, well, we're too much in a hurry. We got to get you know. It's like, but the very reason why why things aren't moving forward is because of the things that we're sweeping under the rug. Because you know, when you're propping up your side, it's harder to see the blind spots are there because of the people you know and you're used to it. And when you're playing that two party system, you know, again, you can see the corruption better from a distance, outside looking in. You know, that's that blind. Spot. It's, the, it's the Overton window, the the paradigm shift. Uh, the changing of perspective that really helps grant us the uh, ability to see beyond what our normal uh, systems will allow us. Right. And that's why I fell in love with the Green Party. You know, well, I voted for Jill Stein. You know, I, I thought, you know, my conscience is clear with that. So, you know, the, the four pillars, that's something that people can get behind. It, it's, it's something that's broad enough that just handles it, you know. And again, if we're going to get into the party what's wrong with the party because if you're not talking about what's wrong with the party you can't fix it and if we're a part political party we're supposed to be transparent in how we operate and what's going on because that's what's missing in politics where it's missing to have grassroots voice um you know they make the excuse of, of oh well these guys don't have enough signatures you don't have the donation and it's it, it's so silly because if the promotion if the dialogue if the conversation was there it, and it was it was set up to engage people and to engage the green for that purpose, there would it wouldn't be an issue. The people would vote anyway. People are are, are either going to vote for you or, or not. So that comes down to at the end of the day. But I, I don't think the money should have to do with any in general. I think the the more you show you can do without money, I think that's that's a big um that's a big plus. You know, in yeah. my book, you know, the way the way you operate and organize energy, that's where I see where Howie, you know, how is he effective leader. You know, he said, don't talk to me. Don't ask me. Let me don't ask you. You're running for president of the United States. They're paying you. They excluded him. And you say, don't talk to me. You know what I mean? What are you talking about? You're running. And then, then somebody asked at, at the debate, they said, Denmark. There's trouble in Denmark. Yeah, something you know, is wrong in this, Denmark. Yeah, and then he gave this, like, superficial thing. Well, I don't know. Who knows? They vote on this way, this way. I'm like, you're, you're touting that you're the, the, the damn you know, party starter, and the, and you don't think that that's something that you should have worked on prior to this? You know, it, it blows my mind that people people sit there and they'll just circle jerk all day long. And it, and it's not to say that Howie doesn't have a lot of experience and knowledge about certain things, but but my God, if you want to be taken seriously, first of all, you can't rig a primary. You can't have Andrea, you know, organizing and, and publicly as as a committee, you know, national what was a national and a state committee co-chair saying, okay, we've got to get people into the. Or, PCSE to make sure 
Jesse would never get the nomination. You know, there's just so so many ridiculous things that are, are happening, and it just stacks on each other, stacks on each other, stacks on each other. Yeah, it's uh, certainly not uh, grassroots democracy. It, it, it smacks of corruption, and, and a lot of people are sick of uh, corrupt political parties. And if uh, the Green Party is truly going to be an alternative to the Democrats and Republicans, what's the point of people voting for the Green if they're going to follow the same you know, unwritten guidelines that uh, the Democrats and Republicans have had where they're rigging the primary for their favorite candidate. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like D-list uh, career political you know uh, elitist. I, it just blows my mind. And, and you know, like, I, and I'm gonna name names just because what I've been doing. Okay, you want to talk about my platform? Let me let me let me just map out. Because a lot of people think that I haven't been running a campaign because I haven't been traveling, going here and going there. We have the internet. For the first time in history, we have the internet. In one day, you can have something go viral, and motherfuckers are right there with you. That's it. One thing that goes viral. And when you're a political party, you don't have anything that goes viral. You have less than 10,000 Instagram followers. You barely have any presence on Facebook. This, a media director, Scotty McClarty, 18 years, a media director. I mean, through the birth of social media, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all these different things. See, we're not asking ourselves why and and when you do shit leads back to there so me coming into the party and getting involved actually with the venturathon is what we called it because jesse was talking about running in the primary so i got together with other greens from california and arizona and we started this thing talking about it and going through all the issues and the plus and minuses of, of a, a venture run on the green party ticket and you know we came up you know with all these different things and we talked to people their concerns you know and the, the, some of the backlash from some of these people in, in respected positions and, and uh, just rude, the gatekeeping and talking down. And that's where I, I actually ran into uh, Michael Trudeau the first time. Um, but let me, let me give you my plan uh, is to, to unify the Green Party, is to identify and remove the toxic behavior from leadership. And then we're going to catalog and organize our resources and skill set. And then we're going to do the social media blast. Because if we have 100,000 people or or whatever we can rally. Because the idea is, is we have to rally together. It, together is, is how we're going to make the loudest noise. And we have to be organized in that manner of, of what we're pumping out and what, what we're representing. That's why the pri presidential primary should be the thing to watch, the most watched part of the Green Party, because it's, it's, the, it's the Super Bowl of, of political realm. Yes, yes. Um, and understanding where what's going on in the Democratic Party, again, with Bernie Sanders not speaking up against the corruption. People want to hear that. People want truth to power. They want change. They're, they're tired of holding their nose. They're tired of being talked down to when, when they're not doing what these other guys are doing. Like, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Michael Drudeau would, would down talk people. Like, well, what are you doing? Why don't you phone me? Are you going to help in Arizona? And, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about that. We're talking about this issue. Well, if you're not helping here, what are you doing? Like, what kind of conversation is that? First of all, your phone banking. We have the Internet. People, people are missing, missing the point. I know I'm going crazy. After at some point, people have to, to start getting to uh, the realization that either they're doing it on purpose or they're, they're completely oblivious to what they need to be doing. Something needs to change. Uh, so, so that's where my identifying and remove the toxic behavior from leadership comes from. 
and that's what I've been that's what I've started with and um, it's the most important thing I mean look they're, they're changing the rules to take us off the website and, and they're already blacking us out anyways it's not like they're promoting us I mean they're, they're right. promoting the eco-socialism event that was four grains by grains but a non-official thing by Anita Rios which is a steering committee you know how he's there speaking you know, he's probably getting paid for that that was with I believe the Ohio Illinois and the California Greens, but it wasn't it wasn't official. I'm like, why wasn't official? It was during the climate week, the climate march. You know you're gonna have more people come through then. So there's there's just a lot of a lot of shady shit going on. Uh, we need to open the book and we need to actually see how how these people have been organized these resources. Brendan Hobbs, right? He's on the ballot access committee. He's on Howie's campaign too. And what they're doing is you know they're getting Howie on the ballot. They're not getting the Green Party on the ballot. Did you know that? Yeah, there is a signature. A lot of the, this is something I, I ran into when I uh, reached out in uh, May about uh, getting ballot access. Uh, I reached out to all the uh, states listed on the, the National Party website, and very few of them got back to me. Uh, Arizona did, and they said, uh, actually, it'd be easier for you to gather signatures just for yourself instead of trying to get the Arizona Green Party back on the ballot because uh, – You'd be gathering about uh, twenty thousand less signatures. This is something from Which, from the Arizona Green Party. But but you know how stupid that is, because the idea is to get more people. If you don't have those twenty thousand people, you don't have those votes anyway. But right. see, there's the problem: is there it, it, there's no unity because nobody's showing that unity. How he's not showing unity by that? He's getting his name on. That's why it's easy for him to run a, as the socialist nominee too, because he's going to be under his name. He wouldn't be under the Green Party's thing. You see, so like, I mean, it, it's just bullshit. We should be doing it as a country, or you know, as a, well, the Greens across the country, organizing and say ballot access. Let's focus on Arizona today. This is the first deadline we got to get. Let's go through every single social media post. Boom, 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 boom. Send it here. Find find all these groups. Send it here. Boom, boom, boom. And we can use the leverage of saying Bernie, Bernie cat. Hey, you want make sure we're on the ballot so that adds pressure to the Democratic Party to not cheat Bernie. We don't have to like Bernie for us to, to come together to, hey, we have to beat the establishment. Here's an honest way to do it. Here, here's an opportunity. Same thing with the Trumpsters, especially the ones that are against the corruption, especially the ones that are against the, the Clintons, against that stuff. I mean we're against that shit, so yeah. go to them and say, hey, give, give Trump a deadline. Give him a deadline and say, hey, you've got enough, enough to put these people in jail if you really wanted to. And that's the whole point is once people have another place to go and say, you know what, boom, it's going to add pressure. And what you're doing is you're, you're – creating a dialogue to say, here, we can have the discussion about corruption. Because right now, the right can see the propaganda in a different way than the left. You know, I'm talking about the two's party headspace, the people that are dialed in. Yeah. Because, because they're being gaslit you know, with the Russiagate and all, this, all the BS rather than saying weapons of the Yemen. Just like Obama, boom, treason. Come on, they're killing people. Boom. You know, like, what, what, what more evidence do you need? <laughs> but, but that's not the conversation. And, and just for it, I'm not, I'm not for the capital punishment. What I want is I want um, it to be a transparency thing. I think these, these people, these political prisoners should live in a glass house and a big brother type for the rest of their lives. So no more privacy for what they've done to the world. In my opinion, I think Trump and Obama would share a cell. I mean, definitely be, be in the same uh, political big brother prison. I know that'd make a lot of people happy. Oh, what, what are you talking about? You want to talk about you want to talk about paying for stuff? Let's make we could take make a reality show about it. That's what they want to do. And I know it, I know it's outrageous, and, and that's the whole point. It is these people they co-opt and they use all these organizations. They do all these different things, and they use the propaganda. And that's what one thing that Obama did. He made it legal, I mean, pretty much legal for the media to lie to you about stuff. I want to have I want to have fun with it. These these people, you know, and and their power rests 
rests upon their reputation. Their money rests upon their reputation. And if you notice right. the, the media, it's like Sean Spicer, right? Remember how hated he was? Oh, he was hated. And then Trump fired him or whatever. And then, yo, you know, he became the, you know, sweetheart. You know, he came yeah. out in that one award show on the little thing that, you know, when Melissa yeah, McCarthy was the doing stars. Oh, my God. Come on. People aren't, aren't paying attention to how their emotions are being manipulated. These people know what's going on in the money realm. And I, I think, I know I'm going all over the place because I feel like we haven't had a, a real opportunity to even have these discussions. You know, that this is what, what the Green Party should be doing, what you're doing right here. This is the exact thing, long-form conversations. And I mean, we should, we should be sitting down for hours, people listening to the Green Party. Right. I mean, it, okay. seriously. <laughs> yes, I, I absolutely agree. And one year from now, uh, say you are or you aren't uh, the, the nominee for the Green Party presidential nomination. You can ma imagine whichever way you want to. But how do you see the Green Party moving forward at the end of the 2020 election? I think that I want to see the party be the vehicle for dialogue and conversation. I want to see it as a place that people who are interested in, in that conversation, in the dialogue. Who participates in the Green Party? Uh, it should be everybody. It should be anybody that wants to. Because if our values are laid out, are laid out, and they're represented by the leadership, then it's it's infused with anything that comes in because the the voice is there and the dialogue is there. We're not we don't have to silence people. We shouldn't have to silence people. We shouldn't censor people because of this. You know the the small little nuances of of how we feel and our perspective. Those are the things we have to have to. You know, talk about you know, and and, and how the, like what we're talking about here. It, it needs to be. They say you you have to do a cultural coup to set up a political coup. You know, obviously nonviolent. If we're able to show our values and move the Overton window and really be unified, I, I think it, it it could it could have a super super impact on on the world. I mean, we, we basically, our politics are, are kind of, uh, I mean, very impactful all around the world. You know, what happens to us impacts everybody. We have, a, we're a melting pot of the world. What, what happens here affects everyone. The United States doesn't do a lot of good around the world, but we also do a lot of bad, and we have to be accountable for the bad and not just cover it up with all the good that we do. Like, uh, one thing specifically like that uh, the Republicans like to point out was, well, George W. Bush spent all these billions of dollars on AIDS treatment in, in Africa and saw a 20% reduction in the transmission of AIDS during his presidency. Well, he also started two illegal wars. Uh, he, he's also responsible for the death of millions of Iraqis in Afghanistan, uh, as well as, uh, you know, three to 5,000 American soldiers. Right. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that are implicated in that. A lot of people. And I don't know if you watched the Joe Rogan, Edward Snowden interview. Did you get a chance no, to check no, that out? No, I'll, I'll probably uh, go back to it. I, I've been uh, listening and watching Joe Rogan here now for the last uh, eight months or so. He, you know, which is interesting to, to talk about because a lot of people think he's, he's considered – well, a lot of people think he's right-wing, and that's kind of how they paint him. But his discussions are – I mean, they're, they're interesting, you know, and they're, and they're, they're thoughtful and, and engaging. And I think it's, it's a positive thing to see, you know, in pop culture now. And you don't see it coming from – from everywhere, you know, to, to talk to people about these ideas, you know, yeah. in a setting where, where, where you're respected for having the discussion and, and, and really debating, you know, rather than, you know, just gotcha and, you know, type. Absolutely. The, the, the winning of points by, uh, oh, I, I know this fact and that's more important than whatever knowledge you have. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, so we're going to wrap this up now. Uh, All right. The last five questions are just really, real easy. 
first one is how do you feel? How did you feel this went? I feel great, man. I, I, it, it's, it's nice to be able to have the conversation. I think we need to be doing this more. That's, 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 it's important to me. And I want to see it, and I want, I want to invite. I'd like to invite other people running for office because we need to be engaged in discussion and have that content out there for people to, to, to see and find when, when they, their interest is peaked because all they, when all they see is, eh, that, you know, the stuff we've been talking about is, uh, you know, it represents. So, I, I mean, I feel, I feel good because I, what I like about us, well, the, you know, the candidate um, is that everybody does bring an interesting, you know, piece uh, of culture of the, of the United States, too. Um, yes. We're all different. Um, and, I mean, even Howie, you know, he brings, he brings conversation. He brings to, something to the table. It's just that when we're running for president, we should be having these discussions. We're supposed to be leading the country, leading the other parties to say this is, this is the way we're supposed to have dialogue. This, it's just so important to me. Um, so I, I, like, I like this, and I think this is the type of thing that we have to build upon, you know, not, not gatekeeper, high school politics type. And, and, you know, not safe for work shit. I mean, yeah. this, this is some – we need to be able to get heated and argue and get into it but respect each other. You know, I, I, I don't care about language. That doesn't bother me. And in fact, people use different language to articulate things. We need to add that into the, the fact, into the, the things. It is, if we're getting outraged at the words of what people are saying rather than understanding what they're saying or where it's coming from, we're missing the point still. We're, we're supposed to be helping people understand, uh, you know, how to understand people, I guess. You know? Yeah give the, the information of how to process. The, the next question is a pretty easy one, uh, but then uh, the second part of it is a little bit harder. Uh, in 2020, will you vote? I will vote as long as there's someone to vote for, and I, uh, I, pl- I plan on voting for myself, so yes. Now, if I become the nominee, will you vote for me? If you become the nominee, absolutely. All right. <laughs> Just a little bit of ego absolutely. stroking there. That's all I really want. Uh, what are your, well, what are your you know, ambitions right, right now? Um, and well, my ambition, um, to become a better man, to take what I'm able to do and apply it to something that, that helps people. And I want to build, I want to build my, my legacy and, and you are what you leave behind. And I think it's, I think it's a big, right. a big deal. And, and as an artist, cause I'm a musician, singer, writer, producer, you know, it's, it's very important, you know, that, that, you know, I articulate what, what, who I am. And, you know, that's, that's somebody that changes. So, you know, and Sir Chad is my stage name, and, and it's, it's the guy, the man that I want to be. So it's, it's one of those things that I understand, you know, that I'm a work in progress, that we're all work in progress. But you've you got to aim to be something. And sometimes, it's, you know, it's a bumpy road, but that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in things, in things like that. Right. Right. It takes a long time to learn yourself. And unfortunately, uh, the best uh, lessons that you learn are, are those that are taught the hardest. Do you exactly. have any hopes exactly. for the future? Um, what are your biggest I mean, hopes? I hope that that's, – that's a tough one. Um, yeah. You know, because I, I, I think of it as the butterfly effect thing. You know, what's the biggest root thing I could change that, that would have the biggest impact, you know, on the, on the output? And that's, you know, Cannabis Coalition is, is you know, for my, my platform because of all the things that are connected to it and, and how many industries can, you know, and lives can be changed just by the legalizing. Um, I would say that people understand – uh, well, a conscious awake and understanding how the game's played and understand that we're supposed to be looking at each other and, and uh, from a different perspective. 
maybe a next great enlightenment in the next five or ten years? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, for the first time in history, we can connect and we're, we're sharing our thoughts. We're battling our thoughts. We're, you know, it's like how, how do ants, they work together, they communicate and work as a unit. Like this, there's something magical that's happening right now. And it takes time to, to weed the shit out. And what I'm seeing, like, you know, with Jimmy Dore, um, you, you, you see a lot of people that, like a Jimmy Dore, right? So he's, he's left, he's progressive, you know, but he calls out the left, he calls out the bullshit, which allows him to be respected by the right in a lot of ways. He's got some Trumps, you know, Trumpsters following. And, and a lot of people yeah. are like, oh, well, talk down about that. And I, and I know I talk about that, but, I mean, are, are we not supposed to want to reach people, you know, want, want for them to change? What, what kind of environment are we doing if, if, they, if they're coming here to have the discussion, if they're talking with us, if they're engaging, they're upset. Of course they're upset because they've been lied to. They've been propagandized. They've been gaslit to be, feel a certain way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I make it a point myself to, to listen to uh, diverse opinions. I used to listen to Rush Limbaugh on a regular basis. So, I mean, being isolated from people who you disagree with does not make you stronger. It makes you weaker because you don't understand the, their their perspective. Right. I think we can become come to that great enlightenment that you, you're hoping for if we can at least learn to tolerate each other's uh, objections. Uh, 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 or differences of opinions without being too objectionable. Well, I mean, e even still, like, I mean, even even allowing certain objectionable, but but being able to set, make it in a way where our points are validated. What happens is when if you say something about Clinton, you're a Trump supporter. Yeah, if you say something about Trump, you're a Clinton supporter. If you you know, you get what I'm saying? I'm, yeah, I'm mixing up. Um, yeah, but it's boiling it down to the most simplistic level so that it's easier to classify people, which uh, I'm I'm totally against. <laughs> right, and, and the party should be should be the vehicle to say if you're against these things, you know, here's how to have it. Here's the platform where that people that use cuss words and that like to talk shit, they can go in there and talk shit. There should be a place to go there, just like the rage rooms. I think that's all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I I mean we're we're human beings. You know, we're supposed to be looking at ourselves and understanding all all the in intricate things about ourselves, and the only way to really understand it is to identify with other people that go through it too. And techno technology and and um, the internet is, is, is everything. I mean, I, I think that's our that is our our our, our savior. <laughs> I mean, I yes, certainly our like future. That. I, I was right, talking I mean, to my treasurer the other day. I think that the future of our educational system is more people organizing the information that's available online to uh, help aid people educate themselves instead of paying for tuition right. to a school to learn these exactly. things. Exactly. You streamline education information, and then what you do, you have certification and achievement. You know, once you learn a certain amount, you know, clinicals or trials and things that – that should be able to be done because we have the resources. You know, I, it, technology should allow us to, to do a lot of stuff. And it's like, why are we arguing about the things that can, can really be free? You know, we have all these, these libraries in place. We can, we can create schools through the library system, you know? Certainly. And then, of course, the, you know, the post office that, you know, make it a public bank too. I mean, that, that was, there's a lot of cool things we can do with our infrastructure that we have right now. That, that can add value, you know, work, yeah, work for yourself. If these people, fuck them. Don't bring, don't bring your jobs back. I don't care about your jobs. Work for yourself. 
You, you sell a $100 product to a 1,000 people, that's $100,000. You know, people aren't taught uh, to, to look at their labor uh, and how to sell their labor and how to sell what, what their skill set is, you know, yeah. because of, of... People need to learn to be more self-reliant and use their skills and abilities to generate their own wealth instead of relying on external forces to create jobs for them to have the honor of making money for somebody else while they're making money to support their own family. It's economic empowerment. Right, and... and, and and that's, that right there has to do with, with a, a uh, learning something, with a headspace to understanding. And that's, that's why, like, Gary Vaynerchuk, have you heard of Gary V? No. Gary V is like a, a modern-day madman type thing, and, and what he does is he, he – social media. And it's all about campaigning content and being able to take products. And, and so what, what he's doing is teaching people how to figure out what you're good at, stop listening to, to people talk down to you, build your base, and how to use the Internet to go directly to source and how, how to find things. Um, but, but, you know, he's, he's a real, real motherfucker. And, and a lot of people really, you know, really resonate with, with a lot of people um, because he cusses and stuff like that. But it, it, that's kind of his whole source. It's like you don't want to be romantic with about the way you make your money. And he wants to be, you know, kind of the guy that changes the way we, the way we look about, you know, because he, you know, he even talks about sometimes about how these companies eat each other and stuff like that. So, so he talks about the waves of, of technology and, and just just a lot of in, interesting information and it, it just organizing our resources it, and we have it you know we have it sure. it's it's just nobody's doing it like think about the, the black panthers right think about what they did which was so scary and bothersome for the establishment you know the way they were organizing and feeding people and you know their whole structure but look what we got now the internet imagine if they had that at the time yeah yeah. You know what I mean? Like we, we've got to figure that out. And I think yeah. that's important. That's important for the nominee is you, you have to be able to, to bring in a whole new school of people into the political space, you know, especially the young cat and digital, digital is key. I mean, it is in one day. Right. I mean, you, you got five-year-olds, six-year-olds that are, are, have millions of followers on YouTube, get paid big money, you know, reviewing toys and shit. Yeah. Like, what we can't, we can't, uh, have a platform that, that creates an environment, have political discourse, and acknowledge where people's um, frustrations stem from. You know, we're creating all these uh, crises that create the refugee crisis. You know, like people are worried about the outputs, the refugee crisis. Well, we can follow it back, trace it back to what we're doing with the bombing and stuff like that. You know, so there, there's – it's just we need to frame it right for everybody because right. everybody – it's like climate change. Let me frame it like this. If we go 100% renewable energy – your vehicles can be transferred, you know, obviously growth of um, grow houses and all, all sorts of stuff, heat, and, you know, we, ha we can take care of things. That's something – that's enough to sell people. That's going to change a lot of the issues involved in the climate problem. Right. So you don't have to get on board for the green guarantee because of the, the climate. You can get on board because of the 100% renewable energy. People getting on board, let them get on board. They don't have to be sold on everything for every reason. People are going to have different reasons to be involved. You know, right. or feel comfortable because it's it's issues that matter to them the most. Okay. So the uh, the last question I have for you is, uh, do you have any questions for me? Actually, yes. Um, okay. And it was it was something that you know that David had, had brought up. Um, you know, and he I, I love David. Um, and he, you know he's very you know anti-imperialist and he wants to shut down the U.S. So um, I am curious as to um, what you feel. Would you okay? Uh, the comments I guess that was about was uh, soldiers present in Syria and right. and it had to do with us removing things. Uh, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Or do you want to? 
Yes, yes. Uh, I have a friend of mine. Uh, uh, he's been a friend of mine since Boy Scouts. He's been uh, in contact with the PKK, who is the uh, Kurdish People's uh, Party, as well as the SDF, the Syrian uh, Democratic Forces, uh, who have been actively in civil war against Bashir al-Assad uh, since uh, 2011. With Similar to the, the, the Arab Spring, they had a, a a spring there in uh, in Syria where the people were organizing peaceful protests. Now, this friend of mine who's been actively involved with both of these groups since that time uh, told me that the 2,000 American Special Forces troops there were maintaining peace, and this was back in May when I met him in Baltimore. He said, you know, really, honestly, that's the only thing that's preventing Russia and Iran from invading Syria and uh, forcing you know whatever will that they choose to. And I think they've been planning building a, a pipeline through Syria for some time, Iran and Russia. So when I, I mentioned something to this about David, about you know, now that we've pulled those troops out, Turkey invaded Syria with the aid of, of Russia and Iran and have began killing the Kurds as well as uh, we know of at least 100 uh, ISIS fighters who've been released. He immediately said, well, the Americans being there were not a peaceful force. And I said, well, our troops left and an invasion happened. People died because our troops left. Our troops being there obviously was a peaceful force. So he, he doesn't believe in the peaceful use of uh, military similar, you know, Similar to having a police officer sitting outside of your shop, if you're in a very busy uh, place of commerce, it is a deterrent uh, from people from doing bad things. I'm in no way an imperialist, but uh, you know the the 2,000 troops that we had there that were protecting the Kurds were certainly worth the the risk that we had there. But I don't think that uh, in any way it was an imperialist incursion at all. Of course, you know, if we look at the bigger picture, Bashir al-Assad, not only were they, they protesting for their own liberties and, and release of, of, of uh, restrictions that were created in the 1970s when his father uh, overthrew the government and took over the government at that time, uh, you know, leadership should not be inherited no matter what country you live in, you know. Just because your daddy was the boss doesn't mean you should be the boss. Right, right. You know, it's really complex, and unfortunately, David doesn't have uh, more of a, a nuanced understanding of the situation other than he sees American forces as imperialists and uh, opposes uh, any military actions whatsoever. Right. And and, and what, what I say, I mean, it, it's a quagmire. I mean, we, we've already done so many so many shit things everywhere. Any 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 move we make, we're, we're killing people. We're, we're hurting people because right. we've set it up we've set it up that way and you know it's always about the narrative and stuff like that um so we're not healing situations that you know and i understand where where, where david's coming from and in the aspect but i think i i don't think that you are coming from from a uh, yeah, from an uh, imperialist standpoint, it's to say that when you do remove something, regardless if, if whatever in good intentions or not, shit's going to happen, going to go down, not just, be, right. not just because it's going to happen anyways, because the CIA is doing shit to make stuff happen. You know, this is, you know we're, we're damned if you, we do, we're damned if we don't. Um, and it's the conversation we have. We need to be anti-war completely, but we have to be smart about how, how we do this, you know, and – we have to realize that a lot, of, a lot of the drama, a lot of the shit, it has to do with the way we treated people. So if we right. own up to stuff, 
if we say, okay, yeah, we're the assholes here. This is what we've been doing. These are the people. These, you know, these are the families. These are the organizations that have benefited off this bullshit. Let's, you know, let, let's let's make a a uh, a statement um, or, or a path to re- redemption for America. You know, I mean, that's that's, right. that's the only way we're going to to make things better. Because what happens is, you know, everything with the identity politics and cultural thing, it's everything's blank. So even though like the, the, a country's people may not feel a certain way, we're taught to look at a country based upon its government and the their corrupt government. Right. There's, we have to have that separation between the ruling class and the people. And even the people that you know that are are angry for what we're doing, they hate us for what for what our government's doing. Right. Uh, right. You know, so, you know, everybody thinks that they're right. I, I saw a little clip where a CIA agent was talking about that. Everybody thinks that they're right, you know, because their perspective. And and to an extent, right. I guess everybody is. You know, we're all feeding off each other, and and when there's no accountability, there's no respect. And and that's why that's why we, the Green Party has to be held accountable and, and hold the values, so people can say, wait a second, this party's actually, you know, having these discussions, actually going through these things in the way that it needs to be. You know, we should be battling this out, and and people should be outraged. People should we should be going in on it about RussiaGate, really talking about it. And people need to see that we're having a discussion about WikiLeaks because information is 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 what it's about. You know, yeah. having a, a a party that understands information and talks information and talks about processing this information and gives each other information of how to change, how to run for office. Well, you know, there's been no help at all. You know, not not yeah, not a packet, nothing, nothing like here's this. You get them to, you know, and I can't ask anybody. You know, at, at this point, you know, it's just like it's just sour grapes. Like the way, you know, with, with me, you know, I'm I'm a fighter in in that aspect that I I knew I knew what was what was going on. So that was why I, I, my platform is based around getting the party ready. If the party's not ready for the general, then you know we're gonna have to wait till 2024 to really make people respect this because it's the Super Bowl of of political game. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. Yeah. We got to have somebody that can go in and, and upset the establishment, you know, to make sure some, some things move. You know, it, it, we should be able to do that with the Internet. Certainly. I mean, it, it's certainly. Yeah. We're going to wrap this up now. Uh, any last words, Chad? No, man, I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed this, and I'm, I'm down to come do it again. And, and actually, I'd, I'd like to see if you wanted to um, come on, on a, uh, a chat on my, on my page. Sure, will do. Send awesome, me the awesome. We'll, awesome. We'll set that up, and then we'll continue this discussion, and maybe, maybe even bring on some other other the candidates too, because we need to be doing this more often, man, and and yeah. weekly as much as we can, because even we know we know that they have reasons to, or mechanisms in place to cheat us, that they're not going to let us in. We know that they smear. We know that they black out. We know gerrymandering. We know all these different things, but we can come together and really push the conversation push it together, you know, make, make a, a no, some noise, make a wave. But, but the unity comes in realizing that we need each other's strengths. And that's why, like, all of the candidates that, especially the, the, the five that are involved in, in calling out the, the rigging, it, you know, it, it, gives me, it gives me a lot of strength, right. you know, because it's some, some good people that care about, care about the integrity of the party. They care about what's going on. You got to speak truth to power. You know, these people are are controlling the party. It's time. You know, it's time we, we make a change, man. So thank you for this opportunity. No problem. That's Chad Wilson. He's running for president. And I'm Dennis Lambert, and I'm running for president. Thanks for listening. No spoilers.